series today. And the title of our message today is Not Just a House. Not Just a House. You know, in the Peruvian Andes, there is a thin sheet of crystal water flowing down the side of a rock. By the time that little spring, that little stream, ends its journey... In the Atlantic Ocean, some 3,900 miles later, it has become the world's largest river by volume, and some argue probably the longest river in the world. And it's called the Mighty Amazon. You know, the Amazon River at some point is six miles wide, and in flood season, it can go up to 20 miles wide. Wide At the river's mouth, it opens up to a 210 miles wide at the river's mouth. Millions of people get their life source from this river. They get food, they get water, they're, they, they're able to bathe in it, they get transportation. Then there are animals that, that live because of it. Then there are the trees and the vegetation that grows alongside this mighty river. And if you were to think about the Amazon River, you think of this big, huge river. But the reality is, is that big, huge river started as a crystal sheet of water flowing down the side of a rock. And you may feel today like that sheet of water flowing down a rock. You may feel that you're just small and insignificant. You may feel that you can, there is no way that you can make a big enough contribution in life to make any difference. You may be looking out and seeing other people and what they are doing with their lives and you wish you were doing what they were doing with their lives. You wish you were that successful as those other people. You wish you were that popular or that big or that rich or that famous or that educated or you had it all together like those other people and and you are looking at yourself like a little spring of water and you're trying to compare yourself with a mighty river yet that is how mighty rivers are made little springs of water you know as a church We're about to enter a new season, a new chapter in the life of our church, and we're going to move into this new permanent facility. And at times, I look at our community, and I I see the needs of our community, and they seem so, so great. There are so many people who are just so far away from God, that it feels like it would take a mighty river from God just to impact their lives. But yet, I believe God has not called us to be a river. But I believe God has called us to be a spring of life. A spring of hope. A spring that becomes a life source for people in our path. And I believe that God has called you for the same things. God has not called you to become this big, huge river that just impacts thousands of people. God has called you to be a spring of life. A spring of hope and a spring that becomes a life source for other people. You know, this move that we're making as a church, it's not just about a house. And one of the structures is a corner house. 
It's not just about a house. It's not just about a home for Generation Church. It's not just about a facility. It's not just about not having to set up and tear down on a Sunday morning, even though who's excited that we don't have to set up and tear down? I'm like, I'm excited, yeah. Woo-hoo. But it's not just about that. In fact, it is about becoming a spring that will be a life source for our community for years to come. And I want to share a story with you this morning, something from the Bible. And this is one of my favorite chapters that we're going to look at in in the Bible today, for for me. Every time I read it, it's like I get goosebumps, like shivers down my spine. And and I was studying it for for this today, and I study on Wednesday mornings. And I just had to stop for a moment and just take in all that, this, what we're going to look at today and this story involves. So if you've got your Bible today, uh, if you want to turn to Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. It's like almost, I don't know, almost in the middle of the Bible, your Bible, depending on how big your Bible is. But Ezekiel chapter 47. And Ezekiel was a man, he was a prophet from God, and he had some pretty strange and quirky visions that God gave to him. And if you read through Ezekiel, some of you are like, what is going on? This guy must have been like smoking something to see all these things. It's like all these illusions and stuff. But, but, but he had these visions from God, and he was a great man of God. And this is one of the visions that he got. So starting at verse 1, it says this. It says, Ezekiel said, in my vision... The man, there was a man who brought me back to the entrance of the temple. It says, there I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the floor of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me out to the side, uh, to the side wall through the north gate and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet. It's like a third of a mile. And then he led me across the water. The water, uh, and then he led me across. The water now was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet and he led me across again. This time, the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet. It was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the water was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. Then just the first part of uh, uh, verse 6, and then the first part of verse 7. It says, Then this man asked me, Have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank, and when I returned, Ezekiel said, I was surprised. I was surprised. So just to give you some contents here. So we got this man, Ezekiel. He's got a vision from God, and the vision started in the temple of God. Now the temple of God represented the place where God met man. That was the place. In the Old Testament times, it was the place where God met man. It was the place where sacrifices were offered to God. They would take, take a lamb or a goat or a bull, or they would bring some grain, and they would burn it as a sacrifice unto God. It was the place where sins for the people of Israel were forgiven. 
because they would offer these sacrifices and they would call them sin sacrifices. And they, the, the, the sins of the people were forgiven in this place called the temple. It was the place where they believed that God's presence dwelt. And there were certain places in the temple that only a priest or a high priest, the highest priest of all, could come and go because God's presence was so amazing and so, uh, and so terrible. I mean, it was this like, wonderful thing that, you know, if you just caught sight of it, then that some people like, even died because of it. So it was a place where they came. And God's presence dwelt. It was a place, the temple, that was dedicated by men to God. And so Ezekiel is in this place called the temple. And suddenly, as he walks around the temple, he sees a little small stream that flows around the temple. Just a little small stream. It would be almost like, like, like for us, like a dishwasher or a washing machine or a sink just overflowed and there's this trickle of water that's going around. That's, what, that's, that's just how deep it was. It was this tiny little bit of water that was going around the temple. And Ezekiel saw this and then he saw that it went out from the temple into the community. And then this small stream, and we'll find out in a bit, it becomes a mighty river. But before we look at that, I want to show you exactly what Ezekiel saw. Because what Ezekiel saw is so much like us. Ezekiel was this great man of God, but yet he was still human. And what Ezekiel saw was things that we humans see. And Ezekiel totally missed the whole purpose of what this stream was all about. The first thing that Ezekiel noticed he noticed the direction of the stream. The direction of the stream. Let me show him. Ezekiel 47 verse 1, it said, In my vision, the man brought me to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing through the south side of the east gateway. The very first thing that Ezekiel saw, it wasn't the color of the water. It wasn't, can I take a drink of the water? It wasn't even, where is the water from? Ezekiel wanted to know where the water was going. Where the water was going. Where will the stream end up? And you know what? That's like us so much at times. And the reason it's like us is because we want to know direction in life. We want to know where we're going. We want to know where this thing is taking us. We want to know where will we be in a few years' time. One of the questions, you know, I hear most about people who are asking us about Generation Church, that they ask this question, what's your vision? What's your vision? And, man, if someone asked me that question, I could sit down for, like, hours and just, like, tell them all this stuff. But some people are very sincere, and they want to know what the vision is. But the majority of people, when they ask me that question, what is the vision? They're not asking, what, what did God say to you? They're not asking, show us the scriptures that God revealed to you. Show us the purpose of why this church exists. Most people I've discovered, when they ask that question, they want to know this. Where are you going to be in one year's time? Are you still going to be in a movie theater? Are you still going to be in that new location that you're moving to? Where, where are you going to be in 
five years' time? Are you going to renew the lease, you know, when it's up in a couple of years? Or are we going to move again? Where, where are you going to be in 10 years' time? Are we going to buy our own plot of land, build this? Are we going to have campuses? Are we going to uh, plant churches? Are we, uh, uh, you know, are we going to send out multiple missionaries? We, people want to know, where are you going to be in a year's time, five years' time, 10 years' time? And I guarantee you're exactly like that with your life. Where am I going to be next year? Is it worth me putting my time into this if it's not going to lead me where I want to be next year? Is it worth me investing all this time if in 10 years' time I look back and, you know, it didn't get me where I wanted to go? Ezekiel was just like this. You know why? Because as humans, you and me, we're all the same. We have a desire to be in control and know where you're going. You know, if I'm going somewhere and I don't know where I'm going, I hate GPS. I I can't stand GPS. And the reason is, is because I know I'm going to get lost and my signal's going to go and I'm going to be like going in circles. So this is what I always do. Wherever I go on a trip, anywhere, I always make sure I map it out before I go because I want to know exactly where I'm going, the roads I'm taking, and I do not want to get lost. And we're just like that in life. We want to know exactly where we are going. But you know what? The Bible tells us in Psalm 37 and verse 23, it tells us that the paths, the steps, the direction of those who follow God have already been established or ordered by God himself. Meaning that he is the one who's already mapped out your steps, not you. He is the one who's already mapped out your steps. And if you follow him, he will lead you along those steps. And that means that you need to trust in God and not trust in your own plans. Trust where God's going to take you in a year's time or five years' time. Not trust where you want to be in a year's time or five years' time. And Ezekiel was no different. While Ezekiel was so busy looking at the direction of the, of the stream, he actually missed the purpose of the stream. And I tell you this morning, don't be so busy looking for direction in life that you miss your purpose in life. Don't be so busy that you're looking for direction in life that you miss your purpose in life. And Ezekiel noticed the direction of the stream. The second thing that Ezekiel noticed, Ezekiel noticed the size of the stream. Notice this. It says in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 3, it says, Then measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for like a third of a mile, 1,750 feet. Then he led me across, and the water was now up to my ankles. And so Ezekiel's thinking, okay, it was a little stream, and now it's up to my ankles. This thing may be getting a little bigger. Maybe it's an optical illusion. Maybe I'm just in a low point, you know, and I'm below a certain level. So let's measure again. So he measured again, another 1,750 feet, and he led me across it again. This time the water was up to my knees. Now Ezekiel's realizing the stream is growing. The stream is getting deeper. The stream is getting bigger. It says, then he measured off again, another 1,750 feet, and it was up to my waist. And then he measured again, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but not too deep, but too deep to walk through. So after taking note of the direction of the stream, 
The next thing that Ezekiel noticed was the size of the stream. The stream was growing and the growth took his attention. You know, growth is exciting. Anything that grows is exciting. Well, most things that grow are exciting. And when anything that grows, it gets our attention. So when we have a baby and the baby starts to grow, we will say, oh, look how big they are. When we've got a child, and that child, you know, you, 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 you put against the wall and you, and you do markings of, of how tall the child is. And then six months later, you know, they've grown an inch and, you know, and their, and their brother or sister has grown up three inches and they're all upset because they haven't grown as much as their brother or sister. That people notice newly married couples. And if you're not newly married and you're maybe going to get married, then take note of this. Within six months of being a newly married couple, you probably gain about two inches around your waistline. It happens for everyone. Trust me, but you notice it. You notice when you put weight on the bank balance that grows. We like it when the bank balance grows. When it grows up, not grows down. Your commute on a Monday morning, that just gets more and more congested. You notice that congestion. You notice the growth in the the traffic. And this is even true for churches. After direction, after we want to know where we're going as a church, we want to know, well, are we growing? Because for us, we believe if it's growing, then it's of God. And the quicker that it grows, obviously the more godly it becomes. And Ezekiel was no different. What took his attention was the growth of the stream. How big the stream had become. Yet while he was so busy being concerned with the growth and the size of the stream, he totally missed what this stream was all about. And I tell you today, don't be so busy trying to become bigger, better, and greater that you miss your purpose in life. Don't be so busy trying to become bigger, better, and greater in life that you miss your purpose in life. So Ezekiel noticed the direction of the stream. He noticed the size of the stream. But do you know what God noticed? God noticed the impact of the stream. He noticed the purpose of the stream. This is what it says. Ezekiel 47 verse 6. So after Ezekiel's noticed the direction and the size, says, then the man asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east towards the desert through the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea, all the way from Engedi to Engeglium. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and the swamps will not be purified. They will still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along the side of the river. The leaves of of these trees will never turn brown and fall. And there will always be fruit on their branches. 
There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing through the temple. The fruit will be food, food, and the leaves for healing. You know, a true way to measure if someone or something is successful is to look back and look at where they've been and see the effect that they have left. You know, I'm only in my mid-30s. And so for some of you, I'm just some young yen. And even in my mid-30s, I realize, in the last couple of years, I've realized more than ever that I need to lay a foundation in my life so that generations after me can build upon. And if I don't, I failed in my purpose in life. You know, some of you, you may like to go jet skiing or water skiing. I'm the worst water skier. I can't even get on the skis. But I like to jet ski. The best thing about jet skiing is when there's a boat, and the boat goes, and then the boat leaves what they call a wake behind, and it's waves, and you come and you jump off the waves, and you can get some air, and if you were good at skiing, you could do the same as well, and you could jump off the wake. But there's this wake, there's this stream of water that, that, that the boat leaves behind. And what I've noticed in life, that your wake, that the effect that you leave behind you, the wake, says more about you and your life than the direction that you've gone in and the size that you've become. It's the same for churches. It's the same for individuals. It's the same for families. The wake that you leave behind you says more about you than the direction that you've gone in the size that you have become. As Ezekiel was being amazed at the direction and the size of the stream, God was more concerned with the impact of the stream. And now the stream had become a mighty river. And God pointed out to Ezekiel, and suddenly Ezekiel realized the purpose of this stream. Everywhere, the Bible tells us, everywhere this water went, everywhere this stream went, there was life. Trees had grown. Water that was once bitter was now pure. Where there had been death, there was now life. Those who had struggled, the fishermen who had struggled financially, now had a source of income. The season did not affect what the stream touched. The result was food for the soul and healing life. Everywhere this water went, there was life vibrant life. That was the purpose of the stream. The purpose of the stream wasn't to flow in a certain direction. It wasn't to become so big that you could only swim in it. The purpose of the stream was to bring life. Bring life. You know, as we move as a church to 2237 Old Emerton Road, we're not just moving to a house. We're not just moving to a new home or a permanent facility. But I believe in my heart that we are moving to a place where there will be a spring. And that spring will produce water. And that water will be the water of life. And the spring is each and every one of you. 
The Bible tells us in the New Testament that now, once there was a temple, but now you as believers of Jesus Christ, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of God. And there is a spring within you that wants to flow. And when it flows, it flows out. And what flows out of you doesn't bring deadness. It's not about direction. It's not about how big you can come. It's a stream that flows out and it brings life. Because the life that Jesus has given you wants to flow out and bring life to others. Spring is each and every one of you. Our purpose as a church, I tell you, our purpose isn't to become the biggest church in the world. It's, that's not our purpose. No church's purpose. It's not to become Lakewood and I can be like Joel Austin and be on TV and like, Howdy, folks. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not that. That isn't our purpose. It's not to become big. It's not so people can say, wow, look where they're heading and what they're doing and where they're going. Our purpose. And the purpose that this move is all about is so that we can be a stream that God uses, that can flow out of this house that we're moving to, this place, this home. And flow into our community. Flow into our workplaces. Flow into our neighborhoods. Flow into our schools. Our families. Our friends. And bring life. A stream that will bring healing to those who are hurting. A stream that will help mend broken marriages. And repair broken families. A stream that will turn people back to God. A stream that will transform the bitter unforgiveness of people into pure, loving, forgiving people. A stream that will bring life to those who are spiritually dead. A stream that will bring God's favor, kindness and grace on those who are struggling. A stream that will be food for the soul and healing for the sick. There was another prophet, his name was Haggai. And he said this in in Haggai chapter 2 and verse 9, in a vision that he was given from God. And it says there, it says, the future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's army. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Well, if we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, if collectively as Generation Church, we are the temple, then let's read this again. It says the future glory of you or Generation Church will be greater than its past glory. That means when we we started, we started in a living room. And it's going to be greater than that living room. Then we move to a basement and it will be greater than that basement. We move to a stinky hotel and it will be better than the stinky hotel. Then we move to a a, a school that only had like one bathroom. And it's going to be greater than that school. And the glory that God is going to bring through you will be greater than whatever God has done in this place. Says the Lord of heaven's army. And in this place, through you, he says, I will bring peace. I will bring peace. What we will experience, teach, learn, what we will commit to, volunteer for, is all in order so that the stream of peace can flow into our community. This is why God has given us this amazing opportunity. Who knows where this stream will end up? 
Who knows how vast and wide the stream will become? We don't know. Only God knows. Yet the purpose is still the same. We are to be a stream of peace that will bring hope, love, and the message of Jesus to our community. This isn't just a house. But it's a life source of peace, hope, and love. You know what, today, you may be just a sheet of water coming down a rock. We as a church, in the whole spectrum of this world, even this community, we may be just a sheet of water coming down the face of a rock. But that sheet of water in your life, the sheet of water in this church, has the potential to become a mighty Amazon and bring life to millions of people. You know, this month, we're making pledges and commitments. We've never done this as a church before, and it's a little scary, to be honest, sometimes, because we don't even take an offering up during our service. But we're asking for pledges and commitments and for you to sacrificially give to these new facilities. Yeah, we could just go in there and, and, and just, you know, set up church and have church. But what we want to do in that place, we want to set that place up so that the stream of God will flow, not be restricted. And what we believe, we believe that, that each and every one of you, as you invest in a chair, as you invest in lives, as you invest in a person, what the chair represents, a life, a family, a child, a parent, a soul. We are believing that as you invest, you are investing in a stream that will flow and bring life.